Welcome to the School of Bliss Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and making your choice to elevate, to ascend, and to tap into your higher consciousness. This is a show where we not only inspire and motivate, we give you proven strategies and route to achieving unbridled bliss. And now, your host. What's up, what's up everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the School of Bliss podcast. I'm your host Colin Sadika and as a follow-up to the previous episode that I did about sleep paralysis and astral projection, I'm going to do a part two today, but I have an incredible guest up with us. Uh, his name is Ryan. I'm not going to take too much from him, but I'd like him to tell us what he's all about. Uh, welcome to the show, Ryan. Thank you very much for having me and thank you to all the listeners across the world. Hope everyone is having a great end of the year and preparing for 2024. Another year into the strange world as it gets stranger and stranger. For sure, for sure. The truth is, I spoke about sleep paralysis and astral projection on the previous episode, but today I'd really like us to talk about it from a very up close and personal perspective. Ryan, before we go too far, could you tell the listeners your professional attributes? And I'm sure we know very well that you're coming in from a place of expertise and experience, but uh, please touch up on uh, your other skills. Sure. So I'm a personal trainer and yeah, I've been doing that for a long time. Before I was a personal trainer, I actually did an electrical apprenticeship and then I qualified as an electrician, but then I found passion that I always like to be in the gym and train and try and improve myself mentally, physically and spiritually. And yeah, when it comes to sleep paralysis, yeah, I've had quite a few experiences when it comes to that mm. and also heard of other people's stories, which also can be hectic. Yeah. I can tell you that it's quite an experience. Scary, very scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie, Ryan. You know, the stuff of uh, sleep paralysis is uh, stuff that I look at online and uh, I try to visualize it. And I know it's horrific, especially in the night in a dark room. But I haven't really uh, experienced it from a first-hand perspective. Could you tell us, Ryan, when is the first time you had a sleep paralysis experience and how was it for you? Sure. So I think I've had like a kind of sleep paralysis type of like, I don't know if it's a problem or issue or what. Yeah. But I think I've had it my whole life. Yeah. Because I even remember when I was sleeping in crash, yeah. I would have like a, and this is like what, two years old, three years old. Uh. I had remember having a dream of like, kids bouncing on a trampoline up and down up and down and then getting this weird sensation that i couldn't move as well yeah and then getting these pins and needles and it was quite a very strange experience and yeah yeah that okay. i think that i had it from since early childhood like when mm. i was three yeah holy shit i had so much about you know the pins and needles sensation and uh, it sometimes feels like you're about to pass out or you're about to die. I'm told you know very well that you're in some sort of danger. Even if it's not in imminent physical danger, you sense some sort of dread washing over you. Uh, can you confirm that? Yes. Yeah, so when the experience is happening, you feel terrified and your yeah. heart rate is racing through the roof. Yeah. And you feel like you, everything feels so real, like you were actually there. Yeah. And 
um, you're trying to not die, basically, and have your soul taken away from you forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Ryan, uh, do you believe in uh, human beings having a silver cord? Yeah. Um, I remember we talked about the silver cord a few days ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of truth in everything that's strange out there and sounds like fiction. I mean, the world mm. uh, seems to be strange in, stranger than fiction in some ways. Yeah. And, yeah pretty hectic <laughs> yeah honestly um the other day i was going through a very interesting uh, piece of information online and there's this very evil man who went down in history as one of the most evil blatant people uh, or blatantly evil people out there his name was anton lavey and uh, yes the satanist the satanist he was actually in charge of uh, or pretty much he was the founder of the church of uh, satan and he wrote the satanic bible and uh, i know this is going to sound a little dark to the listeners but anton lavey's course of death was alleged that he astral projected out of his body but when he tried to come back he could not because his silver cord had been severed now what that is called in the realm of astral projection is called bouncing so bouncing is pretty much when you're out there traveling and you cannot get back to your body. And that is a manifestation of physical demise, as I mentioned um, earlier. My friend Ryan here has had some really, really, um, let me say, real-time experiences, especially with seeing shadow figures in the night. I spoke about shadow figures in the night. And Ryan confirmed it when I asked him just randomly. So Ryan, could you tell us about this figure? And uh, what? how did you feel as soon as you, you could open your eyes, right? Yes. How did you feel when you opened your eyes and the first thing you saw was a figure? Could you tell us more about that? 100%. So this was one of my uh, scariest uh, experiences. Yeah. So this was actually during my electrical apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. And we would work shifts, mm. like morning shift a week, then an afternoon shift one week, and then a night shift one week. Mm -hmm. And this week I was on the morning shift and I got home, it was around 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. And I decided, no, I'm tired, I'm just going to take a nap mm. and sleep. Mm -hmm. And now while I'm sleeping, mm. I, wake, I wake up and it's dark mm -hmm. and the kitchen light is on and so and the kitchen light's basically shining some light through my bedroom door, mm -hmm. enough to see around the room and everything. Okay. As I open my eyes, I see that it must be like seven foot tall. Holy um, shadow figure, yeah. Uh -huh. In the corner of my room, and it's just standing there, and it's got a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a, like a cowboy hat. Damn, that gives me shivers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, um... I was I, got, I was so scared, like I thought like someone was breaking in, I wasn't sure what to do. Mm -hmm. And then I was like frozen and then I was like shouting at the figure like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Mm -hmm. And now, and after I was shouting that, I wasn't sure if I was actually shouting it in real life or if it was, if I was shouting it just through my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started panicking and panicking and then like I realized that I could open my eyes and then I opened my eyes physically and then mm -hmm. it was gone. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what the hell did I just see? 
Yes. And you saw your room in precise detail. This wasn't a dream. You could see your, your room as though you're looking at it in a physical perspective, right? Yeah, I could see my room perfectly. I could see the kitchen uh, light on. I could see, basically, it was, I was awake. And uh, what on the webs, on the interwebs, is this Hartman, in quotes, has been seen in people's sleep paralysis experiences all over the world. I think there's one of my homies as well who recounted to me an occasion where he had the sleep paralysis uh, episode and he could also see figures. Now, the thing is, he could see several figures and they were doing some menacing things, some funny shit, some were dancing. It was pretty much a ploy to get the brother scared shitless. What would you say sleep paralysis has helped you learn about yourself in the build-up to where you've come uh, to in your life right now? I reckon you're an individual with plenty of life experience. And even today, Tryon, I'm sure there's so many things you could teach people about these experiences and what they've, how they've impacted you, what you've learned from it. Could you please... Uh, sure. Yeah, run us so, through it. Mm -hmm. I'd say that it definitely shows you that um, there's a lot we don't know about the world. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a deeper meaning to what we can see through our brains and what our brains simulate here. Yes. There's definitely more than what we know. Yeah. And what's strange about this whole Hatman thing is when I told you about the Hatman thing the first time. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that it was a thing, this hat, man. I just told you, like, yeah, I saw mm -hmm. this man with a mm -hmm. cowboy hat. Mm -hmm. And then we were talking about doing the podcast. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go and read up on other people's experiences. Yes, in, I remember, um, yeah. yeah, in sleep paralysis. Uh. Next thing I see an exact image of what I see in my room. Yeah. And I'm learning like this guy is actually called the hat man. Yeah. And other people all over the world have seen this guy and also they all say he's this big guy wearing a trench coat yes. and he's wearing a hat mm. and everyone describes him similar some people see him as a taller guy some people mm. see him with red eyes yeah in my room he was just pitch black and big yeah and yeah i think it's pretty crazy that how people can other people can also see this figure and um as a testament to how you felt during this episode i remember you had some goosebumps all over your body ryan yes yes it was like you could feel yourself in the situation in real time for me that was like you know i don't want to experience this i never want to experience this you know what i'm saying yeah and um, could you tell us about astral projection that comes from the situation of sleep paralysis i reckon um sleep paralysis normally precedes astral projection yeah? yeah could you tell us more about that Ryan? yeah basically i think astral projection is when you have like sleep paralysis mm -hmm. but you basically become aware that yeah. you're in a dream and yeah. you basically turn that fear around and you'd manipulate that fear into something positive yeah where you can fly or you can go around your house or yes. your room and you can have this really cool experience yes yes um there was one time that i vividly remember which was when i was staying at my grand's house yeah, yeah. Um, tell, tell us about that yeah yeah so i was busy laying on my bed yeah and i was basically drifting into a sleep and i could feel myself falling into a sleep yeah i started dreaming but i also knew that i like i 
basically was still conscious. Yes. And as my eyes closed, I was still looking in my room and I could see around my room, but I 100% knew that I was, my eyes were closed and I was basically sleeping. Yes. And I made a mental note. I said to myself, you must remember that you can see around the room. You must remember your eyes are closed. Remember this, this is a real experience that you're having. And I made sure that I made a mental note. Okay. And then I looked around my room and I could see all around my room. And then I woke up and I opened my eyes and I was like, wow. So that's astral projection. And it was a pretty surreal experience. So basically you were looking at everything from the perspective of someone facing forward, right? Yes. Did you see your body though? I didn't see my body, but I could look around my room like yeah. as though I was out of my body and I could yeah, float around my room and look. Oh, you were pretty much floating. Yeah. Yeah. So because what everybody says about astral projection is once you're outside your body, the movement is by floating and then you're able to fly. And if you fly outside farther and farther, you will feel this, the, the, the switch up in dimensions. You will feel like you're in a totally new dimension. Is it something you can attest to? Yeah, definitely. Um, you also get like this if it's positive like that experience then you get this feeling like you're one with everything yeah and you just feel completely free and it feels like yeah like you basically just one with every single living creature oh, on earth yeah oh shit shit <laughs> hey listen to all the listeners out there i want to tell you something you you have the ability to actually do so many things if you're in your right state of mind and you've made a conscious decision to do it. But I'm going to ask you to exercise a lot of caution. And judging from Ryan's experiences, um, I would like to say that this is a very personal kind of thing. It is not something that you can go out there and push out to family and friends. And if you decide that you want to astral project, let it be by your own volition. Right, Ryan? Yeah, 100%. Now, the truth about astral projecting is once you step out of your physical body, you are now no longer in the physical realm. You are now, you have access to the astral realm. Now, the astral realm contains other beings. You could find other jumpers that are pretty much astral projecting on command. These are people that have mastered the art over years and years of doing it. And you could find other beings that do not exist on our physical plane, but are very much present out there in the astral plane. Now, most of these beings, or pretty much these beings you will come across out there, what most people don't tell you is some of them are very hostile. And these are beings that would literally cause you a lot of, let me say, trouble. Yeah, just to make it modest, let me say trouble. Ryan, what would you do if you went out there, stepping out of your body, just doing it casually to explore? And you know, obviously, as a human being, especially you, Ryan, I know you're an individual that's really, really into finding out more about life, you know, uh, unlocking some deeper treasures about life. Yeah. What would you do if you went out there casually and you came across this very grotesque creature? How would you go about that, though? Yeah, so if that happened to me, like from what I've uh, seen from other people's experiences is that you want to try and move one of your limbs like a finger or something try and move an eyebrow wiggle your toes mm -hmm. some people also find like um through religious 
um, terms shouting Jesus' name or saying yeah. Allah, yeah, yeah, and the, the entity will vanish away. A hundred percent. That is very correct. Yeah. That is very correct, Ryan. And uh, there's a difference. You know, there's a very fine line between lucid dreaming and astral projecting. Ryan, what's your take on this, though? Have you had uh, lucid dream experiences that you can clearly um, separate from astral projection? Or for you, it's, it's, it's more or less the same. What would you say, though? Yeah, lucid dreaming is really cool. So lucid dreaming, you're basically 100% aware of that you're in a dream. Yeah. And with lucid dreaming, you're basically in your own world, like you could be on an, another planet. Yeah. And in that planet, you can basically do what you want. You can fly, you can create objects, form objects, uh -huh. change things how you want. It's basically like you're inside of a computer game. Yes. And oh. you can put whatever you want, you, your own creator in the dream. It's pretty cool to have that. A hundred percent. And what you said is very accurate, Ryan, because the other day I was having coffee with a friend. He told me he was able to fly as high as in between the top level of skyscrapers and he was able to teach himself things in the dream he was able he, he could feel it that this is not real yeah yeah that he was able to manipulate the reality his reality in that particular situation and that's kind of cool to me but the only thing is is this an illusion being created by something of a higher power or is it an illusion coming from our mind well, you know, these are questions that really b I battle yeah. with these questions a lot. Like being in the matrix and you can maybe learn so something in the dream and then bring it out to real life. hundred <laughs> percent. Kung Fu skills. Or <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, there's uh, some information I came across online of a man who, told, who, who was saying that most of the technological innovations that we have today, people that have brought it out to this realm, go out there in other realms, in their astral bodies, they get this information and they come, they put it out to the masses. There's some level of truth to that because, uh, Ryan, listen, we are using technology that's, uh, yes. it's very, it's very, to us, it's modern, but in other civilizations, it's very old. Ryan, you see the flat screen TV, for example, it's in fashion and uh, everybody wants to have a flat screen TV. But to other civilizations, that's a very, very old technological innovation. Have you had, you know, any sort of information in the same breath, right? Yeah. So with like the way the world is going, um, it looks like we're heading to a world where uh, they want to take humans and AI and merge it into one. Uh -huh. They want to take your consciousness and put it in a computer. A hundred percent. The yeah. Neuralink thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if you think about like with uh, lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and everything. Yeah. Um, it's basically a natural way of getting into this altered reality. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it seems like the rulers of the world want to take our consciousness and basically control it through AI. Mm -hmm. And it's quite crazy. All of this stuff that's going on. A hundred percent. And what I actually think right now, Ryan, is uh, it's very important for individuals to actually look at their life and look at the future as well. You want to look at things from a very big picture perspective because AI is coming to take over, bro. Literally, AI will present a new age where most of the jobs, let me say current jobs that are very popular, 
will no longer be feasible once AI puts its roots deep in the society. And uh, yeah, it's it's actually quite uh, it's co it's quite worrisome, especially for the people that you know do not have the the ability to look at the bigger picture and be like, okay, my job yeah. is probably going to be obsolete in the next few years. I'm going to have to look at other avenues, you know. Yeah, actually, Amazon, you know, Amazon, yeah, um, they actually already have robots in their factories, yeah, yeah, busy um, taking up uh, workers' positions, and they packing boxes and carrying boxes yeah. and everything. Yeah, um, I also watched this other video um, mm, yeah. a while back, um, uh -huh. maybe a week ago. Yeah, um, in the U.S., they've got these little robots that are delivering things and. In the streets and patrolling the streets, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and if you look at videography and photography, Ryan, you see how drones are making these very high quality videos and footage. You know, capturing this surreal type of footage. And what does that mean for the for the you know for the drone pilot? Not not for the drone pilot, but for the pilot in a heli trying to shoot movies. Yeah, it means in a few years. No one is going to need a pilot in a helicopter to actually do that type of work, right? Yeah, lots of people. It's going to affect lots of people's jobs. And yeah, I don't know how good of the thing it is or how bad, but it's strange. <laughs> it, it is what it is. At the same time, Ran, I remember on the previous episode, I touched up on uh, people actually knowing the things that open up doors to... Um, you know, all these happenings in our lives. Ryan, I'm sure you've heard of, uh, you know, especially this new age stuff. You see there's crystals, you know, opening up chakras, opening up the third eye. Yes. You know, doing all this. It's, it's pretty much rituals if we look at it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, divination rituals like, you know, using the Ouija board. How do you pronounce it? Ouija board? Ouija yeah, board? Ouija board. Ouija yeah. board, eh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, that thing is so weird. You put an Ouija board, Ouija board, whatever, put it on a table, start asking this. They say you're summoning dead loved ones. But the truth is you're just summoning some imposter spirits. And you ask them questions. And they, they, they direct you through the uh, Ouija board and they tell you the answers. Now, as soon as you're able to get in communication with this, let me say entities, then you've definitely opened a door and they'll keep coming and keep coming. And um, Ryan, have you had any experiences with the Ouija board or what do you know about it though? Um, I've never had experiences with the Ouija board. Mm -hmm. um, I do know that I've seen a, a Ouija board like in the movie of The Exorcist, that scary movie. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but I have had experience like uh, when it comes to weird objects and artifacts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, basically, also at my grand's house, yeah. um, this, it was, this object um, was actually my great grand's. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was a porcelain head of a boy. Yeah. And the porcelain head is a smiling boy. And that was sitting on a wall close to my bed. Yeah. And one night I was sleeping and I fell asleep on my back. Uh -huh. And I dreamt that this porcelain boy, uh -huh. it was quite a creepy looking thing. And it, the way it was smiling was very creepy. Hold on, Ryan. Yeah. You slept on your back. So meaning you were facing up, you were pretty much supine, right? Yes. Okay. And then? And then next thing I know, I'm dreaming that this thing is alive. Yeah. It's giggling and smiling. Yeah. 
and it basically jumps off the wall. Yeah. Um, just using because it's just a head. It's basically jumping with its uh, neck. Yeah. Onto the floor, coming right next to me, right next to me on the bed. Holy shit! Laughing, and then I'm lifting up my hand, and I'm busy stroking its head, and it's smiling and laughing, but. While I'm, this is all happening, I don't think... I'm not trying to pet this thing and give it affection. I'm yeah. scared. I don't yeah. want to touch this thing. And my arm's like stroking it and stroking it. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I woke up and I was like, holy crap, that was scary. Yeah, that was... And then, yeah, that 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 same day I took that head and I put it in another room. I'm like, I'm not sleeping with this thing in my room anymore. I promise you, Ryan, if I had that experience, what I'd do is literally destroy it. Because yeah. that's pretty much, that's, that's the greatest indicator that that particular item in one way, shape or form is opening up the doors, right? At times it could be wall paintings as well, right? Yes. Yeah. And I remember, you know, I spoke to you about it and I was like, you know what, right? At times we have so many things in the house and, you know, we don't know which is which, what's the origin. It's very important to actually know what things you have at home and the type of things they come with because uh, at times you could be literally bringing curses to your house simply through getting a a wall painting a wall hanging yeah what did you do about it did you i reckon you were young right did you tell your did you tell your grandma about it did you tell your your yeah so i told my grand and i told my girlfriend about it yeah and yeah they also thought it was quite strange mm -hmm. that boy's head yeah and uh also when they look at it they also get like like you get a weird feeling when you look at those yeah. type of weird porcelain yes cre people creature things <laughs> yeah yeah and um nowadays ryan there's a lot of new age deception people talking about channeling gods you know channeling your inner god from my perspective you know i'd say you know without fear of contradiction i'd say that's new age deception all right because yeah. listen, Ryan, if you come to me and you tell me, okay, this Ouija board will give you some quicker answers to, you know, some questions uh, that, you know, have been bugging you for a long time. That's new age deception because we all know OG boards are connected to some really, really dark entities, Ryan. Right. Yes. So what do you feel about this new age movement of, you know, channeling your inner God, you know, bringing out your, 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 your god dna type shit you know it's it's going around and it's become very popular and people are getting into you know some witchcraft and some rituals that they have no idea about and then they figure it out when they're way too deep in it what do you think ryan yeah so yeah that's definitely like witchcraft 100 um, percent. i think uh that also has to do a lot with like the movies that are put out because they make it seem like it's so cool to have all these powers and your own god and mm -hmm. all of this mm -hmm. and yeah i think that's part of the brainwashing and then also part of the world we live in mm. um i mean it's hard to live and it gets more difficult for people so they become desperate and then they turn to things like witchcraft where there's these witch doctors that can bring you like millions and make yeah. you want to win the lotto but yeah. then they get scammed and all that but still yeah still <laughs> diving into <laughs> into like the occult stuff yeah 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 actually you need to be very careful with the occult stuff because uh if it was very easy for anyone to get into some occult shit and run a few rituals in the woods and wake up being a millionaire or a billionaire 
then we'd see billionaires and millionaires, you know, s sprouting all over the place every single day. Yeah. But you see, everyone would be a millionaire. <laughs> everyone would be a millionaire, right? You see, uh, you see, like, check check out Africa, right? There's way too many people deeply rooted in these things, and they lead a miserable, miserable physical life. I don't know what uh, what riches they have out there in the spiritual realm. But in the physical realm, they're pretty much just paupers. And I believe that, uh, I mean, it's all deception. You know, there's nothing good that comes from, you know, all of that shit. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very old school about, you know, making cash and, you know, growing rich. And I believe, working hard. <laughs> yeah, I believe, you know, I believe in working hard, you know, right. And uh, I also feel like nowadays you have to pay very close attention to the information that's being put out there in the movies. There's way too many predictive uh, programming, programming yeah. that's happening right now, Ryan, right? Yes. And uh, I mean, it's it's all a ploy to keep people in a state of knowing, but from a subconscious place. Yeah. They also say like the, with the predictive programming and all that, it's basically they say that these elites, elitists that run the world have to tell us Mm -hmm. through signs and symbols what they're doing mm -hmm. so that they can't reap the karma because they're telling us what's happening yes. it's a way of telling us and confessing so there's no karma because they've told us yeah i actually don't like calling them elites because they're not elites yeah i like calling them satanists you know these high uh, high level or high ranking satanists and sorcerers of the world because let's be honest right these people pretty much worship the devil yes they do yeah they do right yeah i mean just look at um hollywood and pop pop music videos yeah there's so much satanic symbolism in there like it's not even funny how much there is a hundred percent and they put it out there they put it it's called plain sight deception they put it right under your nose and because you've been brainwashed to a very large extent You'll find it very normal, and most of the times, the masses do not even pick up on this deception, and it goes on and on and on. But just like Ryan has put it out here, they have to tell you what's happening so that they don't reap negative karma or bad karma from doing the things that they're doing. The universe has laws, and these laws cannot be bypassed. And the truth is, if you break the laws, then, you know, there's an equal and opposite reaction that will definitely take place. Ran, what's your take on, on uh, the whole karma aspect of, you know, the universe? How do you feel karma is? How do you feel? How important do you feel karma is? Yeah, so I'd say like, basically, how I was saying like the, the Satanists, we'll call them the Satanists. The Satanists, yes. Tell us um, about their, their three signs and symbols, what yeah. they want to do. Yeah. And then they basically won't get karma yeah it's similar like um I, i'd say we all have this connection yeah um to the creator 100 percent. and um when we do stuff that's bad like let's say we hurt someone yeah looking at porn all of that stuff yeah you'll feel like your soul feels damaged and dirty yeah and Some guilt yeah and uh -huh. you just don't feel pure anymore yeah and that is like your karma for what you've done. You've basically damaged that connection. It can be repaired, of course. Yeah. But it has to be done through good actions. 
100%. And you're very right, Ryan, because sometimes even just entangling yourself with an individual in an intimate act, for some people, you know, as soon as you're done, you feel this putrid and, you know, very low energy coursing through you. And with other people, you actually feel proper. And that is why I always say, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, behold your being as sacred. Right, Ryan? Yeah. Would you advocate for, you know, just sticking to one individual that, you know, you feel you're strongly connected to and their soul is uh, pretty much, uh, you can call them your soulmate in one way or another, but you don't feel that sense of dirtiness and, you know, negativity washing over you and, you know, negative vibes rubbing off of you as soon as you've been with them. Could you tell us your take on that, Ryan? Yeah, 100%. I think if you're going outside of just being with one person, then you're going, you're delving into lust. 100%. And if you're delving into lust, then you basically going onto like the porn side where mm. you're just dirting your soul and your spirit. You're not, there's nothing good coming out of it, but temporary satisfaction. Mm. And from there you'll get, there's always consequences to those actions. Yeah. Whereas loving one person, mm. there's so much joy and so there's always support and care and there's so much benefits to loving someone and you never have to feel yeah dirty or anything about it that is a hundred percent and uh you know to all the gentlemen out there to all the ladies out there if you're on your purpose and you're trying to create something out of yourself something out of your being it is very important that you do not scatter your energy all over the place because the result uh normally is you know failing Pretty much. Let's keep it as simple as possible. Let's make it very plain and simple. The result is failing because you've been scattering your energy all over the place. You do not have enough energy to focus and channel onto the things that matter, onto the right things. And that's pretty much what it is. Um, I always see today, Ryan, young boys, young men, young women plagued, absolutely plagued and totally um, captured like they're in shackles with this whole thing, with this whole porn thing. And the truth is, you know, the, 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 the people running these sites are making big bucks. Millions and they're millions. Millions and millions, you know. And human traffickers. Yeah. Tons of money. A hundred percent, right? I saw the statistics of the sites that have been opened the most or the sites that have been visited the most in India, a porn site was pretty much top five yes. of the most visited uh, sites. So that tells you uh, how the young people and even just people in general, because I mean, we cannot pinpoint a certain age group, but I feel like, you know, so many people out there are plagued by this thing, right? Definitely. And the new generation of kids with mobile technology and everything, it's so easy to get access to this. And also um, people can exploit like websites like YouTube and they can put it in there and put it in there subliminally. And basically it's these companies are just tr trying to make as much money as they can by exploiting people's minds mm. and you're yeah, destroying them. I believe um, one of the 
things that comes with the you know excessive consumption of this adult material one of the side effects is normally masturbation and the truth is right now it's being peddled as something very safe something uh something very natural what do you think about that ryan i mean like let's just talk from a place of your personal opinion you know without fear of contradiction yeah what do you feel about the whole act so from what i say like um so when i was very young yeah my father would tell me that i shouldn't do it because if you do it it makes you weak mm -hmm. and i'd say that from my experience mm -hmm. if i don't do it and i resist doing it i feel better as a person mm -hmm. whereas if i do do it i always feel for a few days like i've you really fucked up. Yeah, like I've damaged my soul. <laughs> and I've got to restore that connection again. Yeah. And yeah, I like, I try not to do that. Yeah. And rather just be myself and let my body do its own thing. If it wants to do, let energy out, then it will do it in its sleep. <laughs> 100%. I, I always say, if you're a woman and if you're a man, having the desire and, you know, having this natural desire for each other is very important, right? I believe as soon as you're deeply rooted in these things, you actually lose genuine desire for your partner. Even when you're entangled in intim intimacy, uh, eventually what happens is you still, you, you're still searching for something. Deep down, you know, you feel like, you know, there's something that's missing. It's a very dark place to be at. I pretty much just advocate for people out there, especially the coming generation, to pretty much embrace the values of the older and older generations, you know, before all this technology. And uh, actually believe technology is a culprit, is a big culprit, just Definitely. like you say, Ran. Yeah. Yeah. And it is what it is. So, Ran, what advice would you like to give uh, people in general? Let's, let's give them like uh, five advices. Five advices from Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, five advices <laughs> from Ryan. Our first advice is in the realm of sleep paralysis. What would you tell someone that's going through sleep paralysis in a nutshell? So if you're in sleep paralysis, I'd say try and just keep as calm as you can and try and just move one of your body parts and just stay calm. Don't panic. That's the best thing you can do for sleep paralysis is know that just tell yourself you're dreaming. Okay. Number two, astral projection. Astral projection, I'd say if you astral projecting and you become aware of it, enjoy it. Fly around the room, fly around the house and yeah, try and make a mental note of remembering as much as you can and then um, see if you can try to do it again. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about movies and especially horror movies, consuming horror movies? I'd say when it comes to movies and horror movies, I'd say like with anything recreational, you want to do it in moderation. This stuff all does affect your mind and can affect your mind. Um, you don't want to have absorbed too much negative stuff all the time. Uh, yeah, do it in moderation, I'd say. Very nice, Ryan. Number four, second last, huh? This is the fourth one, right? Yes. What would you say about, you know, the new age movement and all the the things to do with divination and ojibos and psychics and all of that? What would you say about that, Brian? I'd say when it comes to all of that stuff, try and avoid it. Um, just be yourself and trust your trust your own spirit and your own soul. Mm -hmm. And yeah, don't get too much into that stuff because 
the word I was looking for earlier was transhumanism. Uh -huh. Yeah, that all leads to the transhumanism thing that's going to happen in the future. 100%. And we need more people with souls and spirits, good sp souls and spirits for the new world. Yeah. Okay, Ryan, thank you so much. But one last one is going to be something to do with karma. Um, could you tell us, just uh, give us one advice in light of karma and how the universe operates. And uh, yeah, just give us some advice in light of that, Ryan. So I'd say when it comes to that, um, if you be as, as authentic as you can for yourself, um, you'll, uh, it will spread onto other people and show them that they can just be themselves. And by doing that, you're basically spreading light to other people that everyone can just be themselves. They don't have to be fake or pretend to be someone else. And everyone must just be themselves, be good to one another, and it will all come back to you in the end. Yo, that was amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode to this point. Um, our, guest, our guest today was Ryan Bennett. And um, I'll attach his social media and how to reach him um, in the links below. But meanwhile, I want to remind you, do every, every little thing. Do it with excellence. And as I always say, be out there and be badass in every aspect of your being. Colin Sadika, Ryan Bennett, signing out.